Hello, everybody. Good day, everybody. Welcome to the show, The Big Show, the largest and most popular and most important podcast that is recorded in our car. And we are on the road again. We're heading, actually, we're pointed toward home at the moment. We have a little time to spend with you today, and we're going to talk about a subject that is, <clears throat> excuse me, near and dear to, to our eyeballs. Our eyeballs, you say? Mm-hmm. What do you mean? You're near and dear to our eyeballs. So, a brief discussion today on, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry about that, the pros and the cons of optics on your firearm. We are two people who wear glasses. Like a lot of older people in America, because we're not young, like a lot of older people in America, we wear glasses. Now, let me tell you, I I once talked to an uh, ophthalmologist. He said, there are two kinds of people over the age of 45. Those who need glasses and those who need glasses but lie about the fact and say they don't need glasses. Those are the two kinds of people. The lens of the eye continues to grow throughout life. And by the time you're in the last half, it's grown so big that it just can't round up enough to let you focus on things close to your face. So this makes optics and a gun for older people a little bit different than optics for a gun. And younger people, because not only for older people do you have to be able to uh, look through a scope, everything still needs to be, no matter what distance you're looking at, because the scope is close to you, while it's magnifying an image that's far away. So you have to keep that in mind. Uh, So there's various different, uh, different caveats to this. We, however, are optics people for our personal protection carbines. We have EOTech holographic sights. Now, they're not red dot sights. A lot of people call a holographic sight and a red dot sight, a uh, consider them synonyms. They're not. And I'm not going to go into the huge amount of details of the fact that holographic sites are actually, in my opinion, much better than a red dot sight. Because they're, you're much, the eye relief and the uh, amount of ability of keeping the holographic sight exactly on target, no matter which angle you're shooting from with your eye, is higher than with the red dot. If your eye's not in just the right place with a red dot, Either your aim is off or you don't see the red dot at all. Right. Now, uh, the better red dots do a lot better job of this. They're, they're what's known as parallax corrected. And what that means is you move your eye around, the red dot stays pretty much on target, theoretically. But I've just found the holographic sights to be more accurate. I shoot better with them. Now, the, the, the sights that we use on our uh, carbines... And we both are personal protection carbines. We use the Tabor X95 bullpups. And the reason we do, uh, we use holographic sights, I almost said red dots, but the reason we use holographic sights is because 
of the role that that gun has in our uh, situation. A holographic, like it was just say an EOTech. If you don't know what one of those is, Google it or DuckDuckGo it if you actually better. Um, it gives you the ability to use both eyes and look through with both eyes and keep your eyes aware. It gives you that t- quick target acquisition because it does not magnify. Meaning you can look through the scope with your right eye. And keep your left eye open so you're much more aware of the periphery of what's going on around your target. Right. And you can you can switch from right-handed shooting to left-handed shooting, right-eyed shooting to left-eyed shooting if you have to. And it, it, it's just very easy to do. Since there's no magnification at all. Most of these red dot sites and holographic sites do not have built-in magnification. Okay. You have that type of sight. Then you also have other types of, of optics. Obviously, you have scopes. And then you have various different power scopes. The 1 to 4 scope is a common scope on the self-defense carbines. I'm not, gonna, I'm not really going to go into hunting rifles because that's kind of a different thing entirely. You know, most hunting rifles are scoped. Because most hunting rifles, you, you know, that's, you're not trying to get fast acquisition. The trade-off, in case you're not aware of it, is the greater the magnification is, the easier it is to see your target and place your shot once you're pointed at basically the right spot, but the harder it is to find that basic right spot to start with. Exactly. So, you know. Another common scope is the 1 to 9 scope, or 2 to 9. I've seen both. And those are scopes that allow you to crank up the power as you need for making the target big enough to see. There's all kinds of all kinds of things behind getting scopes and optics for your for your firearm. And this is not going to be about how to choose a proper scope for your firearm. This is not going to be how to mount a scope properly. This is not going to be, be about how to get the right eye relief for your scope, other than to say, don't crowd your scope with your eye. It's a really good way to get a cut face. Because recoil. Yeah, because I, I saw a guy out there. I, I still feel bad about this. About five years ago, old, old farmer. I know the guy has been deer hunting forever. Right? And I saw him out there, and he just got a new gun, and he had the scope mounted way too far back. And he's crowding up against it. It's a three oh eight. And he's crowding up against it. I almost said, no, no, stop. You do not want to do that. But I didn't, because I did not feel that it was my place. If it had been a range safety issue, I would have. And I'm just sitting there debating when he just hunkers down and pulls the trigger. And, of course, you know, he splits his eyebrow open. And I just kind of cringe and say, okay, kid. As the scope comes back kid, and hits you're an him idiot. at the ridge of the eye. Kid, you're just an idiot. I call myself kid. 
You're just an idiot. You should have said something. And I probably should have. And I feel bad about that. To this day, I remember not having said anything. Sometimes it's hard to step up and try and correct somebody who's way older than you are. Yeah, this guy's a seven-year-old man. Yeah, he's been shooting a lot longer than you have. Yeah. So. I would have felt the same restraint. But anyway, watch that, okay? Just be careful. Now, the real question becomes, do you go with an optic or do you run it with iron sights? And if you go with an optic, do you have iron sights as backups? And there, you know, this is this is kind of a personal choice, but to me, I run an optic on each of ours, and we keep them the same. And we have the Tavors have iron sights built into the gun, so you know they just pop up. Iron sights are built into part of as the platform, which I really like. Yeah. When we had the AR platforms as our well, her main platform. We use backup iron sights that were side mounted. You turned it slightly sideways in a 45 degree mouse, and they worked fine. So, normally you shot through the scope, but if something bad happened to the scope or whatever, you could rotate the rifle a little bit and still use the iron sights accurately. Right. Now, we have these, um, these EOTechs, they're, they're on quick release. We have the, the quick release versions. They do a pretty good job of holding zero. After you quick release, if you put them right back in the same spot. And the good news is you can get them pretty close to being on the paper. In fact, she just sighted in one of them this last week. I haven't even talked to her about this. I got it pretty close by putting, should have been on the paper, by it putting it on the iron sight. You know, I, the EOTech holographic co-located with the iron sight. Which means that the dot of the EOTech is right on the aim point of the iron sights. So if the iron sights are even ballpark close, which I hadn't tried, then the gun should have put it on the paper. So did it put it on the paper? You you cited it in. It would have put it on the paper even if it was just a uh, 7 by 7 paper. Okay, so it was pretty close. I was using a big one because I do one sighting in, but didn't need it. Do you, did you start it at 25 yards or yeah. 50? Yeah. It's a, you never know with these things. That gun had just never been never been fired before, so that's the first part of it. Yeah, I always start in really short when I'm sighting in because that way I don't I don't use a spotting scope. I like to go down and see where I am and mark the ones I've hit, so I don't have to do as much walking back and forth while I'm still pretty far off. <laughs> then when it's close there, I'll start moving it out and fine tuning. I personally don't like any magnification on a fast acquisition type gun farther than 4x i think one of the, the best if you're going to go with a actual optic scope optic on it i think to me the best that i've ever seen is the acog the tragicon acog 4X. I love that scope. I love it to death. But at $1,500 a piece, I don't own that scope. I have to admit, the the solution that we came up with, I like. Yep. uh, The EOTech, and then we have a magnifier. Now, 
I've got to admit, we just this we haven't had this magnifier very long. It's a Sig Sauer Juliet magnifier. There's all kinds of different magnifiers out there in all different price ranges, starting from I mean uh, the cheap, cheap, cheap ones. Uh, I think there's UTG makes one. There's a you know really, really cheap end, and then there's the next level up, which is like the Vortex, which is I don't know. I'm two minds about the Vortex. I like it and I don't like it. And then the next level up, price-wise anyway, another jump another $100, and you get into the Sig Sauer, the Sig Sauer Juliet 4X, which is what we got. And then you could go the next level up above that, which gets you into the EOTech. And I see no advantage of the EOTech over the Sig Sauer Juliet. I've looked through both. I've not shot through both, but I've, I've looked through both. What's the rough pricing of each? Uh, the, the cheap, cheap, cheapest one, you'll pay about $100 for anything that can even work. The Vortex is going to be about $200. The, the Juliet's like 320 And the EOTech is 500 So, you know, a 4X magnifier for $500. And really, it's just no more beefy than the Sig Sauer. I really like the Sig. I like it a lot. It's very clear. Now, the problem I have with the Vortex isn't that it is clear, and it isn't that it's well isn't well made. It's both. It's a good looking optic. The problem with it is, it's one of those that swings out of the way. Okay, and like our Sig Sauer Juliet, and like the uh, EOTech, it swings. To the right. You just grab it and pull it to the right. So to get it out of the way, it goes over to the right. What that means is you still have both eye acquisition. If you're a right-handed shooter, your right eye is looking through the, the holographic sight, and your left eye is free to roam. You know. You don't lose your peripheral you vision. You don't lose your peripheral yeah. You don't lose your perifer- peripheral vision nearly as much. Whereas for some reason, and I don't know why, Vortex has the Move out of the way thing to the left. So for a right-handed shooter, that optic that's out of the way now, now blocks their left eye. And you should be shooting with eye, with your dominant eye. You know, and most right-handed shooters have right dominant eyes. I don't know which eye. Are you right dominant? My, I'm very much left eye dominant. Okay, well, but do you, you don't shoot with your left eye, though. No, well, she's because weird, it doesn't though. line she's up that weird. way. Somewhat ambidextrous. She's a lefty, but that, that throws right, kicks right, batted right. You know, because that's what kind I'm of gloves I'm a lefty had. who had a bunch of right-handed older brothers teaching her sports <laughs> and shooting, for that matter. Yeah. So uh, since I was kind of ambidextrous to start with, those kind of skills, I picked up the way they modeled them for me. But I, I can tell you why they swing it over, or at least potentially why they swing it over to that side. If you are left eye dominant, you it gets tiring to try and focus through the right eye when your left eye is very much the dominant eye. It's difficult to do. And it's better not to squint one eye closed when you shoot, so it's tough. If you know you're trying to look down range and there's something in the way of your left eye, your brain will pay attention to your right eye most, much more easily. So... I don't find it a problem with the EOTech. That's one of the things I like about it. 
is I can easily use the EOTech with my right eye, even though my left eye is very much dominant, while keeping my left eye open and being somewhat aware of it. But it's actually easier to look through a scope with your right eye when your left eye dominant if there's something very uninteresting in front of that left eye. Your brain doesn't get as distracted. It knows which eye it likes better. Now, here's an interesting thing about the EOTechs that we have. We're, we have EOTechs that are the same model, they're the same everything, but they are slightly different. The EOTech that she has on her Tavor has a uh, single dot in the middle surrounded by a much larger circle. The EOTech that I have on mine... And I got this one, not necessarily because I wanted the extra feature, but because, frankly, I got it $150 cheaper because the person who special ordered it ended up not taking it, and they wanted to get rid of it. So there's $150. I'll take it. It has two dots, one below the other. And basically, it's a hundred yard the second 100-yard drain dots. So you cite this, cite this in at 100 yards. And then the next dot down is the drop, and it's very close for between 100 and 200 yards. That's what that second drop thing is for. So if you're an extra 100 yards out, you just raise it up. Now, when you're looking, just looking through the the optic, it's not really all that obvious. It just looks like one big dot down towards the bottom. I mean, you can tell it's two dots, but it just looks like a very low-resolution one dot. But when you pop the magnifier over, it becomes very obvious, and it becomes a really nice tool because you it, you can clearly get you get a lot of definition there. The resolution of the magnifier is really good, both close and far away, which I think is just really really cool. Yep. Optically, like the magnifier is really a cool piece of equipment. So, downside of the magnifier, well, it adds 12 ounces. To and an 320 bucks. Gun. 320 hmm? bucks. Yeah, 320 bucks. But if you use it, that I'm not really that worried about the money. But the um, because a good scope is going to cost you money. Um, I, I like the magnifier. But I haven't asked him to get the magnifier for mine. Not because I didn't like it on his when I was citing his in, because I did like it. But because, one, I don't think I really, if I actually need this weapon to do this mission, this weapon's mission, which, frankly, I doubt, but, again, it's an insurance policy, so it's there. If I need that, I'm probably not going to be shooting anything that far away. If it's that far away, I don't need to shoot it in that mission. Because I'm not going to shoot a human being unless I feel that human being is a clear and present immediate danger. And these are not hunting guns. Yeah. Although if I, you know, had some geese out there and the coyotes were trying to eat my geese, we might talk about that. But, you know, it's, that's basically not its mission. And I find challenging my eyes with the scopes when I shoot is a good way to try and train my brain to do the things I want my brain to do, looking through my, using my less dominant eye more. So I shoot with iron sights a lot, even though I like scopes, because it's better brain training, and I intend to shoot without the magnifier most of the time, even though I like it, because it's better training. It's really easy to go from 
the harder target acquisition to the easier target ac- acquisition. It's much more challenging to go the other way around. So try and train it under more challenging conditions than I want to use it under. Goodness, I'm yawning. I'm yawning. Oh, man, I started to bore him. Whoa. <laughs> I'll shut up now. No, it's another one more thing about the optics and, and training. I like optics, but I don't generally like to shoot on the range with them as much, simply because I find it more challenging to shoot open sight. And I find it, it does more for my shooting ability to shoot open sight. I, it's, I find it better training to shoot open sight. To be fair, I do a lot of my shooting on the range with a handgun. Now, we could talk briefly about handgun sights. I have one gun that I have a uh, red dot on. And um, it's just, it's a, it's a target gun, and I, I play with it from time to time. But we do not have any optics on our regular, real, actual prepping guns at all. And we've never, we're just not a fan of it. They're what did you think of the, like the Sig Sauer Juliet? I believe actually that was a Romeo. Uh, yeah. Handgun sights that you were using mm-hmm. the other day. I think that sights on a handgun are a lot like the uh, local expression of tits on a boar. <laughs> Pointless. Because I'm not trying to use a handgun to shoot at something so far away that I need sights to help me visualize it. And I don't think the quick acquisition is just any quicker. I just don't find it quicker to me to be quick acquisition. And I don't find it as accurate. And, you know, you get into that, it needs to be exactly center or it's not quite as accurate. Me, personally, I like either high resolution, high glow, regular iron sights, or even better, I like night sights with uh, tritium. Yeah, I like those. I'm a big fan of the tritium. Uh, my and by the way, guys, in case you haven't noticed, I have had occasions at night when I'm either out at the cabin by myself. Uh, okay, I was out at the cabin by myself, and all of awakened uh, at two o'clock in the morning by this horrible thumping and screeching and pounding right on my porch of the cabin. And oh, I'm wide awake now. And even though there's no ambient light that doesn't come from stars or moon out there. You don't see anything else. I, it was very easy to, to uh, find my Glock there because of the tritium sights. Light it up enough so you know exactly where to put your hand. So it's very easy to lay your hand on the handgun at night by using the tritium sights as a guide. So it was very easy to uh, get that to hand when I wanted it. But I did not actually shoot the raccoons who were having sex on my front porch. Much as I might have been tempted at that particular moment. I'm really, you've got 25 acres of woods out here and you had to do it here. Ah. Uh, But, you know, the tritium sites help you uh, find it and get your hand in the right place very quickly and easily in the dark of night, too. No, I'm just leaving that one alone. I'm just leaving that one completely alone. This is a G-rated podcast that was getting left alone. No, sir. Uh-uh. So, yeah. Uh, I'm, 
I like optics, but I'm a big fan of quick acquisition for quick acquisition guns. Now, if you're if you are talking about your firearm is going to be a you anticipate it being a 100 to 200 to 300 yard type situation, if that's what your main setup is, yes, absolutely, get you an uh, up to nine power scope, or if you think it's going to be 200 300 yards. <coughs> Those ACOGs with the um, with the tritium powered reticles are just the bomb, and uh, they do make red dot uh, look like copies of them. Not a big fan. They're okay, uh, just not a big fan. I've got one pro tip before we go, though. So how's a pro tip? When you have those uh, handguns with iron sights. And they're made of dark metal. It can be fiendishly hard to get those iron sights lined up in dim light conditions. Or when your target is dark. But if you take a little white fingernail polish and clean the side of the sights facing you, both front and back, with a little rubbing alcohol or acetone on a Q-tip or something to get the gun oil, I certainly hope you have on your uh, gun cleaned off nice, you take just a little bit of that white fingernail polish and put it on the two posts of the back sight and the post of the front sight. It's much easier to line up on a dark target. In fact, we've got a we've got a gun that's just getting ready to get... Yeah, that's what brought it to mind. Yeah. We decided to do that to one of his today, and it's out on my painting desk where I, among my paints for my hobby projects, I keep my fingernail polish whose sole job is to paint sides of guns so yeah we're gonna do that and we've done that to other guns and it really really helps and you know worst case it wears off you put this little paint you know, hey, little sheep. nail polish you know you can paint a lot of guns with one bottle of nail polish i don't know what nail polish costs but a quick couple bucks yeah yeah so there we are okay we hope you enjoyed optics at least an overview a little quick look And uh, we'll catch you the next time.